We are poolside today, Mike Domelon. It's nice to be poolside. It is God. nice to be poolside. We're, actually, we're, we're right next to the kiddie pool at Glen Oaks right now, and there are a couple of kids who are splashing around. So if you hear that in the background, that's what's going on. There you go. So we're at Glen Oaks Pool today, which is a small uh, California community pool in a neighborhood. And it, it was the original home pool for Bryce Mefford, who is one of the Olympic swimmers in the 100 meter backstroke. Oh yeah. I didn't even know this pool existed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, know, it, you know, it's funny, like these little neighborhood pools, they don't exist in other parts of the country. I, like, I, I grew up in New York when I was a kid and they didn't have things like that. I mean, plus it would have been frozen half the year. Yeah. But it, all over <laughs> California, you find these little neighborhood pools and, and that's where a lot of our great California swimmers originally learned how to swim and grew up. And a lot of them go on to more competitive programs as Bryce Mefford did. But it all started with the pool that you would walk to. And as we came into the club today, there were like 20 kids' bikes just piled oh, on top of each other. It's the <laughs> cutest thing ever. And just hundreds of kids were here for, you know, a, a morning swim session, which is just the sweetest thing ever. It's neat. This is really neat. I mean, you drive down a road in a neighborhood just full of houses and boom, there's this pool in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And this pool <laughs> now has an Olympic swimmer. I mean, how about that? Now, the head coach here at the club is Roxanne Mefford, who is Bryce Mefford's mom. Now, Roxanne has been a coach here for nearly 40 years. Bryce grew up swimming here and then eventually moved on to the Sierra Marlins, which was a more competitive team, and then has gone on to swim for Cal Berkeley. Now, the interesting thing about Bryce, well, many interesting things about Bryce. One is that he's accident prone. The guy breaks like stuff all the time. Um, the second is that he wasn't the kid at the pool who said, I want to be Michael Phelps. I want to be an Olympic swimmer. In fact, that's funny. the family he's... actually went to a trials years ago when Michael Phelps was swimming and he chose to stay in the hotel room because he didn't want to go watch more swimming when he was going to be swimming himself. So, I mean, that tells you like, yeah. this is not the kid who was like, I got to go to the Olympics. Um, but he had an incredible experience in June at the Olympic swimming trials and he qualified, much to the surprise of his family and maybe even himself. Oh, it's great. We got, we saw him out of Oak Ridge. Uh, after they won the, the state title, and then he was going to Cal. So we got to see him early, early, early. And he's just a, kind of a skinny kid. And then you see him on TV now, he's gigantic. I know. Jeez. I know. But he wasn't necessarily the kid we saw. No. That's the kid that's going to the Olympics. And I think that's what I love about stories like this and the Olympics in general is you just, sometimes you just never know. And that's kind of the charming thing about some of these people that you'll be meeting watching the Olympic coverage is, is finding out the backstory. So that's what we're here to do today. So we're going to sit down with Roxanne Mefford. And we want to talk to her a little bit about just that experience of finding out, wow, your kid is going, but then realizing my kid is going to the Olympics in a pandemic, which means I don't get to go be in the stands. And what that's like for Olympic parents from around the world, because yeah. it's their kid's oh, yeah. biggest swim meet, biggest track meet, biggest, you know, fill in the blank. And they don't get to be there. And that's really hard. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. It's, it, it really kind of stinks. <laughs> I mean, it does. it does stink, you know, but. It does, but you know, I mean, it's, what are you gonna do? Nope. What are you gonna do? No. And so she's gonna tell you what she's gonna do. She's gonna celebrate her kid from afar, and she's certainly got the community here at her local pool, where she's still the coach, to cheer her on. And she has some really great advice for parents out there who maybe push their kids too hard, because you think your kid can be an Olympian. Statistically, they cannot. Oh, that's tough. But that's she, hard. She has some really solid advice, lived and learned, um, about how to encourage your kids to just go out and try things and to find the love on their own. Yep. Let's take a listen, huh? All right. We're going to take a listen now. This is Roxanne Mefford on Dying to Ask. 
Olympians. They're just different. Sure, they're fitter and faster, but they're mentally different too. Because when the body breaks down, the Olympic mindset takes over. And this year, with the first ever delayed Olympics, that mindset is more important than ever. My name is Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I have covered the last 10 Olympics for Hearst Television. 20 years of studying and, well, obsessing about how Olympians do life. These are the stories of how Team USA's athletes get to the top of a podium and how you can get some Olympic edge in your life coming out of one of the most challenging years ever for all of us. This is Dying to Ask, The Road to Tokyo. Roxanne, welcome to the Dying to Ask podcast. Thank you. So I heard before I got out here that you were, I got two texts about this yesterday, that you were very nervous about us coming out here. This isn't my seat. <laughs> I'm, I'm Colin Baroni on that. I could put somebody else in this position. I, and you know what? And I told, I told your friend Laura, who is the person who helped coordinate all these interviews for us, I said, she'll be fine, trust me, because I know that anyone who coaches this many kids is just fine I'm talking about swimming. I'm comfortable with the kids. <laughs> well, I'm, that's my comfort zone. I'm very childlike, so I think, be, I think <laughs> then that'll be all right. I think that's why we will get along just fine. Um, you know, so we, one of my favorite stories with with the Olympics, uh, as I've gotten older, is to follow the Olympic parents because now that I am a parent and I have a few years on me, I know what goes into helping kids follow a dream, whether it's a dream they've had for a long time or a relatively new dream. The parents' support, whether it's getting up early with your swimmer and driving to the pool, finding the gear, finding the lost goggles, if you have a swimmer, yeah. <laughs> all of that, it's considerable. I mean, it's really, it's a family effort for most Olympians to get to a starting line. It is, but I, I think we just, it was part of our life. It wasn't, like I can say again, it wasn't our, we never shot for that end point. It was part of our everyday life and the kids love it. They come and they play and it's, you know, you get to the end of the pool and you get out and go play. So um, I guess dropping them off at practice, it is tough at times and early mornings and all, but it was just part of your everyday life. Yeah, um, and that's what's kind of interesting it's about your not, family stories. This wasn't like for decades you had a kid who grew up saying, I'm going to the Olympics. No. And you were not the parent and coach saying, you're going to the Olympics. This was not ever like on the radar. No, I, I, I think it's healthy for my, every, I tell every kid here, whether you're going to be a great swimmer or not, or whether you're here just to lose weight or be a more efficient swimmer, it's just, I wanted my kids to do something so they didn't get in trouble. They all, you know, <laughs> you have to go to school, you work your mind, you have to work your body also. Mm -hmm. So it was a means of exercise. It was a means of positive time consumption. So if my kids were here at the pool, they were either swimming or they were running around being kids. Um, so that was really more of our goal is just to keep them busy and keep them doing something more productive. Right. And did I ever know my kids would be as good as they have turned out to be? No, I didn't know that. And you don't really know that. Um, it's a stepping stone thing, I think. And I always tell parents here, especially like with boys, you know, you get a boy and he doesn't, he's struggling and he, the coordination of what you're teaching him. I said, you know what, he's young. Don't, you don't know what he's gonna be like when he's older, never say never. and just keep building on that to be the best that he can be from at whatever the outcome is, go as far as you can with what you've got. We're at your home pool, Glen Oaks pool, and you've been the coach here for how long? 
I'm going to say 35 years okay. right now. I've been stuck on 30. I love that. I love that you're not exactly sure how many it is. I don't. <laughs> that um, yeah, tells I me don't everything count I need to anymore. know. <laughs> it, it's, I get aged a lot because I have a lot of parents that have their kids swimming here. Oh, I find it charming. And don't it, get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not calling you out on anything. I, I think it's actually really wonderful. It is. It is. It's been so important in your life. Yeah, it's not like a job, and um, it is part of my everyday. My kids were raised here. It was their home away from home. And I, ask, I actually feel like it's everybody's home away from home. And this is like a family community. It is not a high stress atmosphere, as you could see. Right. Um, and my goal every day is just to be able to teach them again, to be the best that they can be, to um, improve in whatever they can improve on that given day. You were your son's first uh, coach and, and swim teacher here at the pool. You've coached and taught thousands of kids how to swim. How many of them have gone on to the Olympics? Not anyone that I know of. Until? <laughs> Until now. Until now. So, I mean, that is really exciting. It is, it is. I'm, I could not be more honored and blessed and grateful for the situation. I mean, it is definitely an experience I never thought I would. There are a lot of other parents, though, this year who were pretty sure that they were going to have an Olympic swimmer. And you were at the Olympic swim trials in June in Omaha, Nebraska, and you were around a lot of those parents. I mean, your kids are great swimmers. You have two kids on the Cal Berkeley team. They swam against yeah. each other in yes. some of the prelims. Yes. And you told me earlier you didn't go in there assuming or even really thinking your kid was going to the no. Olympics, which I think is so interesting. Well, I, I didn't. We, we, we booked a vacation with rice on it during the Olympics. So <laughs> my husband, we were going to Montana <laughs> and Bryce loves flight, you know, to do all those outside things. My husband um, decided that we should just leave right after the tuner back because we'd been there for wave one and wave two. So we rebooked everybody's flights to leave right after the tuner back, not having any expectation of Bryce making the team. <laughs> so no, it was not, it was a little bit more chaotic than it should have been, but it was definitely worth it. And we had no, in, I mean, yes, there is a chance, but there's a chance for anybody at that swim meet. You could be ranked 14th, Bryce was ranked 14th, I think, in the 100 back going in. So he's ranked 14th going in, which is still incredible when yes, you think absolutely. about it. I mean, like, that's amazing. So tell us about the moments when you realize, oh my gosh, what just happened? Um, I don't know if I ever thought, yeah, you're still gonna do it, but he swims 100 back and 200 back. And once you get into college, they kind of really, you know, you get focused on just those two events and you stick with them. He can swim other things, but you'd never know. But he swam 100 back and he's, I don't wanna say he's not a sprinter, but in the it world of that, that he is. yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the world um, of sprinters, he really is not, a, he's not, it takes time for him to get up and get going. So, um, I didn't even expect him to get into finals in the 100 back. And he swam the prelims and he just knocked it out of the ballpark. And I was like, what? But I still did not think this, that we're going to the Olympics. I just thought, okay, you know, he's having a really good meet. And to be, to back up a little, you know, he's had a really struggle the last three years. He did phenomenal times when he came in as a freshman in college. And to be honest, he did not better that time in the 200 back at short course, but by one tenth. The mm -hmm. freshman year, he got fourth at NC's. Sophomore year, he got third and didn't better his time. And his junior year, they didn't have it. And his senior year, he bettered his time by one tenth and got third. So he was really not happy 
with this woman. He was ready to like hang it up because he'd been putting in the work and it was getting frustrating for him. So um, I didn't know what he was gonna do. I was just hoping he bettered his time. And when he bettered his time in that hunter back, I, you would have thought he was, I felt like he made the Olympics right then and there because he had bettered his time so much and I had not seen that. And the smile on his face, I had not seen. So that was pretty awesome. I still didn't know what would happen in 200 back. You just don't know. And you've got to swim it three times. Anything can happen. But one of his best friends called me and said, I'm coming in to watch 200 back. His another coach, they're, they're flying him in to watch 200 back. So everybody was kind of like, wait, we're not missing this. So, but I never thought in a million years that's where we were going. Amazing, amazing. So that moment and you realize, and you know, they make a big deal of it at the trials. I know they had like um, Japanese drums going and cool lights and you're seeing your kid up there and a spotlight on him. What's that moment like? It's, it's incredible. It's not a feeling I think, I mean, that I, you know, you always are excited when your kid does well anytime, but you just can't believe you're here. Like you want to pinch yourself. Um, very touching. I can't be more proud of him. And most of all, just to see his smile on that stand, it's just, that means the world. I've watched him swim it in season, sit across the pole, and I could tell he was not all right with yeah. it. So to watch him come out and rise up on that stage and have that smile is just beyond my experience. The most, uh, actually even more touching than that for me was he, Bryce is not a, a big, like in the limelight guy, and he didn't come out the athletic door, and he was waiting for all of us to come out and to run up to him and hug him and just like hold on to him was beyond my yeah. comprehension. Was it difficult having two kids swimming in that competition and one, get, and one makes the team? Absolutely, absolutely. But um, so Colby's my baby of the family and um, he did have a phenomenal meet just because of COVID um, it was the meet was put in two different waves and because of COVID Colby never had the opportunity to swim a long course meet mm -hmm. his last times were from two years ago so the time he came into that meet with was two years old and they broke it in half he was in wave one and he swam phenomenally well in wave one. So I was ecstatic after that. Yeah. I mean, I would have felt like we were going to the Olympics. Absolutely. And um, getting first or second in wave one moves you to wave two. And that's what he did. He swam, he's not a 200 flyer, but he had that qualifying time. Swam 200 fly the first day of the meet and got second and was able to go to wave two, but he stayed and swam wave one out and he won the 200 back, which meant he is coming back with Bryce yeah. to swim wave two. It was awesome, but it was frustrating because now he had four days in between wave one and wave two, and I didn't know everything again. All the balls are up in the air. I sent him home from wave one because I didn't know he was gonna make wave two. He got caught up in delays on flights. It took yeah. him 12 hours to get home, and then he had to turn around two days later and come back to there were wait. A lot two. of stories like that. I mean, this is just this year was just it was bizarre. And, and, and a lot. Everybody's taken a hit from COVID, and we are still super blessed. And they've done a phenomenal job. And I'll take everything mm -hmm. that we've got. So but much to be proud of. Exactly. Though, and out I don't want to so complain, but definitely it was dragging him on, and I did not want to leave him in Omaha for 
I don't know, 16 days yeah. or whatever, he would have pulled his hair out probably. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so he flew back with Rice and um, for wave two, and Rice and him happened to be in the same Which heat. Which is kind of amazing. Pre-rims. It is, it's super touching, but it's very heart-wrenching and because it's hard to watch just one of them in the race. And um, I think I've told a couple people, you know, we have ready benches at this level of swimming and they come out in prelims and they sit in this row of seats that everybody can see. And to see both of them back there, it's, it's just, it's touching. Yeah. And speaking um, of touching, cause I can read Dami's mind. Dami's sitting a few feet from us right now. He's, and I think what he's going to ask is try not to hit the microphone on your shirt. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, podcast listeners. Going to let you in on like a little secret of what we've been doing. I, I have no worries this. at all. I know. I know. It was okay. It was, and I'm with my hands. I can, oh, I, I can feel him. I can feel him going, Oh, I should have said something. You guys know um, each other really well. Oh my gosh. So well, <laughs> so well, we know each other. Um, okay, so let's look ahead to, you know, within the next couple, well, within, you know, days, your, your, your son will be swimming in the Olympics. The um, understandable but hard part of it this year for parents from around the world is that they can't be there to watch their kid during this, like, amazing moment in their life. And even if you're in the nosebleeds, to be in that atmosphere, they know you're there. They know you're breathing the same air, and it's powerful for kids. For a parent, what is that experience like? And sorry about your Montana trip getting rescheduled, by the way. It's not Uh, rescheduled. We're we're going to buy season. (laughs) But, I um, mean, what is it like to know that you can't be there? It's heart-wrenching. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be harder on me than it will be on Bryce. I mean, Bryce is super self-sufficient. He's done um, meets in Europe without us. But definitely, it's the biggest meet of his entire life, and it's, you know, the odds of it happening again are very slim. So it's definitely heart-wrenching, but what I need to hold on to the positive that we have and that he did make it and not, I guess, not stress about what I don't have and kind of go with it, but it's definitely gonna be hard. And I'm trying to just keep moving forward and not really put a lot of focus on it. so I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be a lot more emotional trying to figure out when I'm going to see it and how I'm going to see it and if I can get it to work because whenever you do the TV thing, it freezes on you. <laughs> okay. and we know people. We will help figure this out for so you. So <laughs> I'm a little nervous about it. Um, but I, I do have to say this is kind of cool. We all wrote letters um, to... You know, he's going to have envelopes of letters. I don't Aww. know that Bryce will sit and read them or have yeah. time. So we all kind of put all our feelings down and um, how proud we are of him. And there be there, uh, I had my letter personally delivered to him to put Aww. in his suitcase. That's really so nice. So it is. It's, Was that something the team arranged or you just did that on your own? So the, actually, the USA Swimming arranged to, to send in letters. And we I did mine separately and sent it in his suitcase that's really nice so just to know that that we're still here and mm-hmm. um you know I, I don't want him to worry about how we're feeling about it I want him just to go and enjoy his journey but um and I don't know if he'll be able to sit and read them or not you know yeah. but I hope he will because mine's in his suitcase I've and, heard... and it just shows that we're we're there with him we're here you know I don't want him to even know that how crushed I am not being able to be there he knows I'm a I'm a, the t- a parent that doesn't miss anything they do. I mean, and 
even if it's not swimming. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I work in the classroom, I do whatever I can do, but I don't miss anything. Well, from some of the stories I've heard around the pool today, um, your son's pretty chill. He's very... <laughs> Nothing really ruffles him yeah. much. I don't think so. You know, sometimes you wonder, sometimes you don't know what's inside. And that probably, sitting at trials and watching these guys back there, as a parent, you're sick to your stomach because you don't know what they're feeling. Are they back there going, oh my gosh, is this too much? Am, am I gonna be able to handle this? Or are they back there going, I got this, I got this. I don't know that. Are they scared? And I could say there's a lot of emotional feeling that I never thought I would be feeling sitting in the stands and going through that whole journey. You, you hurt for kids that didn't make it. You feel guilty that your kid made it. And it's sometimes when you kind of simplify it, like I said, everything's just a stepping stone. You know, you come to your little championships at rec and your kid's seated third and you're so excited for him. And you're just excited if he gets third and then you move to the next stepping stone. Um, and you're always excited, but then when you get to trials and not have any expectation and you walk in and your kid's now in fourth and you're like, okay, wait a minute. This is a little too it's close to close. <laughs> yeah, this is like, Okay, we can almost touch this. Yeah. So the intensity and the stress just keeps going and going. And um, the outcome was phenomenal. And then now, at first you're super excited that um, you made it to the Olympics and you're trying to wrap your mind around that. Is this for real? Is this, you know, it's another swim meet. That's another thing I'd say. This is just another swim meet. Do the best you can do. You've swam against every one of these people a billion times. So you just did another swim meet. Yeah. But um, then I started to think, God, we've, we've arrived, we've made it. Okay, we're, that's great, we're so happy. And then I started thinking, well, wait, you're with the USA team. You gotta <laughs> perform, this is not. And then I started worrying about what weight he has to carry. Cause someone will walk by and say, oh, go get, an, uh, go get a medal. And I'm thinking, wait, do you know what it takes to do that? So, okay, on this topic, and I love that, that you're talking about this because um, I've been a swim parent now for more than 10 years, and I will say I have seen the best of parents and I have seen the worst of parents at swim meets. And there's nothing that drives me crazier than a parent who is screaming at a kid. Um, my, I always volunteer as a timer, which means that I push the you button and all. I time it. And there's nothing drives me crazier than a parent who wants to come up and see exactly, you know, they're yelling at the kid before they're even out of the pool about, you're off a half a second or whatever. Um, and we're doing this 21-day challenge during the Olympics where we're challenging people to reboot their mental and their physical fitness um, coming out of the pandemic, using the Olympics as inspiration. So I'd like to hear what you would challenge parents to change in terms of how they parent their sporty kids. Like, how can you be a better sports parent? You just love them and support them and let them be a kid. I mean, you cannot squeeze that out of a kid and they've got to they've got to grow into it themselves i mean i have kids that aren't even that competitive but you can once they start moving forward and improving they do get more competitive but it will never come out of a parent i've had the opportunity to see that side now at a complete different level i mean i've always coached and i've always been a parent and we see that and i see that every day on the deck my parents here we we teach them that you know let them be kids, love them, support them, don't push them because that's not gonna make it any better. It actually might push them away. But watching it at the Olympics, I mean, there were people that were supposed to go and that all that new stuff was all focused on them, that you're making it, you're going to the Olympics and thank God we weren't, no one did that with us because 
We don't know that. Mm -hmm. And I would never want that pressure on any one of my swimmers or my own child that this is what you're gonna do. Um, I just think it's, again, it's a stepping stone of performing, being the best you can be, move to the next stage. And if you can, if you get stuck there, you've done great, you've done phenomenally well. If you can move on, that's awesome. I mean, just even getting into the college level of swimming at an NCAA is beyond real for most kids. And you just gotta let them take those stepping stones and support them. I feel fortunate, again, I was looking back at some of these kids that were supposed to make it. And we, we saw tears there. I've got Bryce's, you know, swim mates that are, that are upset and I don't blame them because so many people put so much into it for so long and um, some people sacrifice more than even others by not you know not leaving the house or not going to play or not you know being different Bryce is a perfect example he's always doing whatever he wants to do and <laughs> he gets hurt doing it and he shouldn't because it's dumb stuff it's not like he right. was you know, so um, yeah. I mean, people... your kid, your kid comes off is super well-rounded, does experiences a lot of life, and is super accident prone. He might prone. be a little bit naive, and <laughs> I'm not even sure if he gets it. That's probably for the it, best it's right best. now. It, I think it is. Well, too. maybe right now. Now we should probably wrap himself in bubble wrap and he, like he hang tight till he swims. You, you know, people would say, you know, because like I said, four years ago he went to 2016 in a boot, and you know, we knew he wasn't going to the Olympics, and. Right. The doctor said you need surgery, but you know what? You're a swimmer, you're not track, you're not football. So you can go, do what you can do, and come back and we'll give you surgery. So that's what they did. Yeah. And Bryce doesn't even act like he's And didn't he like hurt his hand earlier this summer? So or this summer, I don't know how many calls I got from urgent care. He broke <laughs> his hand and yeah, it's just, he. Uh, it's more probably me than him because he acts like it's nothing. I love it. Um, he calls and he broke his, he broke his hand the first time boxing with boxing gloves, his younger brother, mm -hmm. and put him in a water cast. But see, again, what am I gonna do? Not let him be him? Yeah. Now, would I ever thought he's gonna break his hand boxing his younger brother? Right. No. Well, you know, so, that brother on brother is real. Yeah. I've got so, that in my house. So, yeah, Colby likes to say that um, Bryce has made a glass and he's made a violin. <laughs> he shatters when you, you know. <laughs> so, um, and then he did it again later in the year. And he's called me and said, Mom, I'm in urgent care. I think I broke my little finger. And I said, okay, wrap it to the other finger yeah. and let's move on. So when you get a text from um, Tokyo, every time it, he texts, are you just like, please don't have broken anything? Actually, uh, you did get one today. I did. You I did. did get one that started with the words, I broke. And then what came after His it? His glasses. His glasses. So, <laughs> and, and, I, and I, you know. Glasses just, is okay. Yeah, glasses are okay. Nothing on your body. Just but, follow the black line, Bryce. You'll yeah, be fine. But I've always had people say, are you going to, you're going to let him go water skiing? You're going to let him, what am I going to do? I can't tie him up. He's a kid. And I, you know, your destination is your destination and take the journey. I mean, yes, I told him not to move anybody out when they were before. Right. Please don't move furniture because with him, he dropped it on his toe and breaks it. Right. I don't know. But um, well, he's there now. Yep. I think you're probably in the clear, and now you just have like a really great adventure. Unfortunately, to watch from afar, but I know he'll feel you. Right. You know, being there, and you've got the sport of your pool here, and they've got some great watch parties planned, and it's really exciting to see how the community feels like he's their son too, I know. and that they really are so excited I'm, for you and your family. Yes, I have been just amazed at the support from the community, and you know. Uh, swimming is not the big sport people watch and I'm shocked because I'm like okay you guys watch swimming I think mean, like, there's people 
like at school or I run into somewhere and they go, we saw Bryce swim and I'm like, how'd you even know he was on? I'll tell you why, because it's pandemic, we've been stuck at home and I think we will watch all kinds of things we haven't watched I before. Am. And I, I've heard a lot of people saying that they watch the track and field trials, yeah. they watch gymnastics. And I think people are really excited about it. I think they're excited about this Olympics being a really nice distraction from the last 18 months where I we've all had so. to do some really hard things. I hope so. And I wish more people watch swimming, but well, I get it. If you don't, if you're not a swimmer and it's hard to watch. It's I not think they'll be this, watching this summer, no I doubt about so. it. I thank hope you. So. We love the support. Thank you for all the time today. Thank you. And for the really thank you for I making think, it easy. Oh my god, well, that's my job. Um, and for all the great advice, you know, I think for us parents out there about standing back and just letting our kids figure out their own dreams because Olympic dreams aren't the parents' dreams; they're no. the kids' dreams. No. You can support the dream, but if it is your dream, yeah. you really ought to go to the senior games. <laughs> <laughs> do it yeah. on your own. Yeah. You can't make kids do something they don't want to do. You really can't. I mean, that's that's a lesson learned. It may take you the whole time you raise them, but you have to tell them to back off a little and just, it'll be all right. You're an Olympic mom. I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> I don't know what being an Olympic mom means. I think it's just being yourself. I'm still me. Yeah. And lucky to be here. Dami's back now. What stood out for you? What did she say that kind of... Boy, I'd like to have her as a mom. Can you imagine? <laughs> I know. I know. I felt like I was Jeez. kind of in like parenting therapy there. I'm like, oh man, I messed that up all the time. She's such a nice outlook. She's, oh, yeah. you know, three kids, great kids. Oh, they all... What a relaxed, easygoing person. And it, it probably translated to her kids. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, she just has such a great, a great um, attitude about it. And literally the first thing we, we heard when we got here was, was the kid texting about how he broke his glasses in yeah. Tokyo. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a good shoot yeah. when I heard that he'd already broken his glasses yeah. you know, on day one of the Olympics. I'm sure he'll figure that out and uh, we'll do great at the Olympics. But it sure was nice to be around the, the positivity here at the pool today. It was a real treat. Oh, yeah. All those kids with the t-shirts. Boy, they're... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're backed up. He's backed up. They've got hundreds of kids here. They're all wearing, you know, Mefford t-shirts. And, the, and, and they've the got little pictures all the, over the place. With the cards, writing the cards. Yeah, it's a good reminder that it takes a village of people to get you anywhere and to pursue any kind of dream. And it's interesting to think about all those people back home now um, who can't be at the Olympics, ourselves oh, yeah. included, who are cheering people on. And just knowing that that support is there has got to be meaningful for the athletes. Yeah, and all those little kids, those teeny tiny little kids are citing their names next to a sign and they know who Bryce Medford is. And chances are, I mean, she said that oh, his chances are very, you know, here or there if he's going to make it again. but. You know, it's like everything else. As you get older, you get stronger. Who knows? He'll be back in four years. Are you declaring you're going to go swim for the Philippines? I mean, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> I'll ski for the Philippines. <laughs> you're going to ski for the Philippines. Oh, my God. I'm so in for that Olympics. Hey, Dami, thank you so much for uh, sitting in on the intro and the tag on this podcast. What's a good way for people to keep up with your Olympic observations? Oh, go to my Facebook page. Uh, hit me up. And... I'll find you. You'll find you. I'll okay. find you. And they'll find you at Mike Domalog. Yep. And you've got to figure out how to spell Domalog. Or Domi. That's his, Just look up Domi. That's his, uh, his uh, criteria to get you onto his Facebook page. Um, I am not so discerning. You can find me on Instagram at runreadsip. And feel free to DM me if you have Olympic questions. Because if I don't know the answer, chances are Domalog knows the answer. We'll figure it out. <laughs> or I'll, I'll, I got some file tape. All right. I'll pick it up. I think these kids in the pool want you to come in. Yeah. yeah. You'd be the fun guy. Cannonball! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this Olympic version of the Dying Dallas podcast. And we'll see you again next time.